The following program is a podcast1.com production. It's great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and your wallet. I want you to learn ideas from me so that you can keep more of what you make. You can follow me at facebook.com slash Clark Howard. Clark.com is our web address. When you want deals, ClarkDeals.com, and it is time to talk deals in just a second. But coming up in 20 minutes, in today's Clark-rageous moment, we're going to talk about a nasty, nasty thing. When you give money to people that you hope it's actually going to benefit, but the money is siphoned off, I'm going to tell you what you need to be aware of when you donate to a charity. And a half hour from now, the cyber thieves are out and about all over the place, hitting big companies, small companies, charities, hotels, everybody in between. There's something you need to know to protect your livelihood, protect your business, protect your charity, whatever it is. I'm going to tell you the key steps to take in just 30 minutes. But right now, it's time for some good news today. This is something I'm very excited about. Verizon, after arrogantly having typical, you know, big company kind of superiority, the marketplace cut Verizon down to size. Verizon was losing market share by the millions and millions and millions of Americans saying, Verizon, get lost, because Verizon had become unbelievably expensive for cell phone service, far, far more expensive than its competitors. And Verizon finally cried uncle. And Verizon has joined the competition and gone to unlimited data on its cell phone plan offerings. You have to ask for it if you are an existing customer, but it is really designed to be a big money saver for a family of four. So it's $180 a month for a family of four for unlimited data at high speed, full high def for video, which makes it, as far as the video quality, superior to T-Mobile and Sprint. And AT&T, that is only allowed unlimited data, if you also signed up for DirecTV, will have to fold and go back to straight unlimited data. If you are on a legacy Verizon plan where you have the tight data caps and you want to stay with Verizon, you'd be really smart to switch to the unlimited data plan, which opens up so many possibilities. And by the way, Sprint today is offering a deal that is sounds like I must be missing a digit or missing brain cells, but this is accurate. Five people can get unlimited talk, text, and data for a total for five of $90 a month. That's $18 a line per month, the rate guaranteed till March of next year on Sprint. Sprint is is a damaged brand name. Uh, the network was the worst of all the cell phone carriers. A lot has changed at Sprint. 
the damage to its brand not repaired, so a lot of people won't consider it, but what an amazing deal. Now, here's the thing for you. With all the cell phone carriers, because they're in a competitive business, going back to unlimited data, free of caps of any kind, other than there's something called prioritization that's really a pointy-headed thing I probably don't need to address. But you think about home internet service that is provided typically by a monopoly. The home internet service providers are going to data caps with big overages because they don't face what they think of as competition. But now, especially if you live alone or you're a couple, you may consider dumping your home internet connection and use your cell phone unlimited data as your internet connection. And so you end up eliminating a bill out of your life and still have unlimited data. But wait, there's more. As I talked about the other day, if you are paying for pay TV, you should consider all these options where you eliminate pay TV, traditional pay TV, and you use streaming services with the unlimited data on your phone, and you can project it onto the TV in your home pretty easily. It takes like nothing now to project from your phone onto your TV. Think of Chromecast or something like that. And you can save money all over the place. You eliminate the home internet connection. You eliminate the pay TV into your home. Get a digital antenna for your TV. That's a redundant term. They're all digital. But anyway, you get an antenna for your TV at home. You'll pick up a lot of TV for no cost. Supplement it with Hulu or Amazon Prime or Netflix or whatever. I mean, you're saving money everywhere you turn. And what I love about competitive markets is Verizon, even as recently as two weeks ago, was making statements about how they were happy with having their tight data caps and all their overages and all that until they weren't. Because when you lose millions and millions of customers with market share moving to cheaper providers, when you're in a competitive market, you have to change. And Verizon now has done so. And we have our cell phone shopping guide at Clark.com. If you are out of a contract, or even if you're in one, there are people that will buy you out of it. Look and see what your choices are. Because if you haven't shopped your cell phone provider and plan, and I used to say in the last six months, now I'll say in the last month, you're likely spending way too much money. Sue is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Sue. Hi, Clark. You're going to Costa Rica. I plan to. Are you a surfer, or what's taking you to Costa Rica? No, just to go to stay in the sun and just relax and just enjoy the scenery there. Well, you know, the, the cost of getting to Costa Rica and elsewhere in Central America has been going steadily down for the flights. But in Costa Rica in particular, a lot of the cost of the trip once you're there is actually higher than it used to be because of the uh, the amount of demand there is for going to Costa Rica, to the coast uh-huh. and also to San Jose, to the rainforest and all that. Have you ever been to Costa Rica? 
No, I have not. Magnificent um, place. Really great. Well, well, good. What we wanted to do was see about maybe going and flying into Liberia, where we'd kind of be over in the At the coast, middle. yeah. Yeah, and then like do like a round trip instead of starting in San Jose. So, tell me, do you live in a city served by JetBlue? Um, Greenville Airport, I think, services them. I don't know if JetBlue flies... Or Atlanta. I live right in between both, though. So, Atlanta um, has JetBlue service only to the northeast at this point. But I I would go to JetBlue's website because... Many of the cheapest fares to uh, Costa Rica, other Central American spots, and spots in the Caribbean now along the eastern seaboard, a lot of those uh-huh. cheap fares are there because of two airlines, JetBlue and Spirit. Yeah. Now, JetBlue is a, JetBlue's a great airline. Spirit is an airline. <laughs> yeah, we took them to Puerto Rico. And you took Spirit to Puerto Rico? Thing. <laughs> yeah. What was it like? Share with your fellow listener. They can you to death everything you want to do. There's a service fee. Well, they didn't charge you to breathe, though. Um, I don't know. That might be debatable. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it was just that there were a lot of extra charges. Once you got your cheap sure. flight, there was lots of other fees. Yeah, I, I understand. I was looking at Wow Air the other day because we may do a TV story on Wow Air, which is an airline, a European airline that flies from the U.S. to Europe at some amazingly low fares. And what's funny is when you get past the ticket, like I was looking at tickets that were $99 each way to Europe, the add on fees ended up being at least one way more than the fare was. Yeah. So, True. you know, you got to look the all-in thing now. But if you want to go to Liberia, go to go in there, out of San Jose, whatever, whatever it would work out to be, how much flexibility do you have about your travel dates? All summer long is open. I don't, That's great. That'll get you free. a very that'll get you a very cheap fare. What I'd like you to Good. do is set up a, what's known as a fare alert from several mm-hmm. different departure points. Since you sound like you're willing to travel a little bit, could be the best fares out of Charlotte, North Carolina, as an example. Or okay. the best fare might be out of Charleston, South Carolina. You don't know. You know, in in your general vicinity. And then track fares also on kayak.com, K-A-Y-A-K. Go and do one of their fare searches where you do plus or minus three days Try different departure airports into both Liberia and San Jose. And when you see a fare that's really just eye-popping great, that's when you buy it. Eye-popping great to either would be a fare that starts in the threes round trip. In other words, less than 400 round trip. Jim joins us on the Clark Howard Show. And Jim... You have an idea you want to share with your fellow listener about emergency savings funds. Is that true? That's true. So, Clark, I've uh, I already maxed out my retirement uh, through Roths and I have 401k, 
And I've got uh, money sitting in the emergency fund, obviously for an emergency. But uh, it's a pretty good chunk of money. And I was toying with the idea of taking maybe, I don't know, half of it and putting it into a target retirement fund that either recently passed, uh, like a 2015 or maybe like a 2020, uh, knowing that the, you know, that they're trying to keep someone who is retired or about to retire, uh, try to keep their money, you know, from, from going down. Obviously, I know there's no guarantee, but I was wondering what your thoughts were uh, as doing something like that in order to maybe earn a little bit of money on that. I, I think uh, that that is a very low-risk strategy to try to goose a return that right now you're lucky if you're getting 1% on your rainy day money. Right. And so going into a post-retiree portfolio, which is what you're doing, somebody who's already maybe uh, seven years into retirement, if you did a, a 2010 Target Fund 2010, I think that's a very viable strategy. Now, I do have one concern that I was thinking about in regards to that. So, obviously, uh, someone who's already in retirement, they've, they've moved more towards bonds uh, than stocks. Um, and with the interest rates as low as they are right now, I know as the interest rates go up, uh, bonds won't be looking so hot. Is that, is that is something so true. that we're we'll worried about now? That is true. But, you know, the whole idea about how they do one of those portfolios is where, I mean, you could even go into a balance fund that's 50% stocks, 50% fixed income or bonds, and the idea is that the risks counteract each other. You'd have to have a perfect storm for you to lose a substantial amount of money with either scenario. And even though you're 100% correct, as interest rates rise, the value of bonds will go down. If you're concerned about that, you could build your own portfolio using a short or ultra-short bond fund and using a lower-risk stock portfolio, stock fund portfolio, and eliminate a lot of the bond interest rate risk. But the idea of, as somebody who's a max saver like you, of taking a lot of your rainy day money and investing it at a low-risk kind of point of the scale, I think is great. It's time for today's Clark Rages moment, and I want to tell you before I hit the Clark Rages sounder that I so am grateful to the men and women who serve us in public safety and first responder roles, what they do to put their lives on the, li- lives on the line for us every day is something that we should be so proud of them for and thankful for what they do. But there's some stuff going on behind the scenes you need to be aware of and be protective of your wallet. Scams, ripoffs, outrages. It's a Clark Regis moment. This is a story compliments of the Atlanta Constitution, and it's about how one of the police organizations that is a, a police union is using a professional fundraising group to fundraise for them and the pitch is that you're raising money for the families of people that are cut down in the line of duty or to get police officers uh, bulletproof vests but the reality is the only money really coming in is going to the professional fundraisers 
They're taking over 80% of the money of the rest. Almost all of it is being used for functions of the union. And a fraction of each dollar, tiny fraction of each dollar, is actually going for the purposes that you're being solicited for. And this has been a problem again and again and again with solicitations for police and firefighter groups. They almost always are for-profit professional fundraisers who take almost all the money. What I want you to do anytime you get a phone solicitation to give to any charity or supposed charity, ask them to send you information on it. Usually they'll hang up on you when you ask for literature, but Anytime you're going to give to somebody, don't give over the phone. Wait till you've had a chance to investigate the group, and more important, what happens with each dollar you give before you give up your hard-earned dollars to something that pretends to be for a cause you care about. You know, when you're a kid, there are a lot of things that you think exist. Unicorns, dragons, mermaids, you name it. When you're a kid, it's real. But when you find out later that they don't, well... It's kind of disappointing. Of course, as you get older, you get over the disappointment. But when you're looking to buy a car, there's nothing worse than finding the one of your dreams online, and then you find out later, it doesn't really exist. It's not true. That's why at TrueCar, they show you real pricing on actual inventory. This isn't pricing offered to you by TrueCar. It's an actual VIN-based price from a TrueCar certified dealer in your area. Real prices. And these aren't just any dealers either. TrueCar certified dealers are a carefully curated network of dealers committed to transparency. They offer competitive prices and a faster, easier buying experience for you. It's a fact. TrueCar customers are more likely to enjoy a faster buying process when they connect with the TrueCar certified dealers. And, on average, they save over $3,000 off the MSRP. So when you're ready to buy that dream car, visit TrueCar and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features not available in all states. It's great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you learning ways to save more and spend less, and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our website. When you have a question for me, Clark.com slash ask. Any of us who have a web presence connect to customers that way are at risk of what the cyber crooks might do to us. And the increase in the cyber crooks attacking businesses is estimated to be up 40% just in the last year. But listen to this study from the consultants at Hewitt. Of small businesses that have web presences, only 15% ensure against the possibility of cyber hacks, cyber breaches, or cyber takeovers. So the danger to you at your business is if you do a lot on the web or you collect information from customers on your website, you can end up with your business destroyed. Destroyed. And... It's something that you absolutely need to consider because what happens after the publicity of a major breach is the next thing is the lawyers enter 
and they're representing people who've had their personal information compromised. You may have cost them money. They may have suffered identity theft, whatever, and you're exposed, you're at risk. And what I want you to know is that the credit card companies, if your customer's credit card information is stolen by cyber hackers and it costs the banks a lot of money, now the banks have gotten really aggressive about coming after you for those losses. It doesn't even have to be involving you having a website. You just take credit cards at your business if it's a physical location and your system gets hacked into. The credit card companies will come after you guns blazing to empty your wallet for their losses. So if you were in that roughly 85% of business owners that have no cyber insurance, I really want you to look at doing that and get it done. It's a very competitive market. It is a huge business now for insurers. And in fact, there was one report that it is the fastest growing form of insurance in America is businesses buying cyber coverage. And so for you, the things that would that would make it clear that you need to have this coverage is any business that collects personal information on your customers, i.e. any doctor's office, if you're a medical practice and you don't have cyber insurance, you are out of your mind because you're collecting such personal information, names of people, you're probably foolishly asking people for their social security numbers, you've got place of birth, you got all kinds of personal information on your customers, your patients, and you are very much exposed to financial losses if you don't get it. Now, the good news is that business brokers for insurance are all over this market now. They know all about it. They sell these policies all the time. And one new feature with these things I've been reading about is that what you pay for cyber insurance may be variable based on what protocols you're taking at your business to make information more secure. What are you doing to protect your computer systems? Something we did with my e-commerce site where we sell books and T-shirts and things like that is we went to an outside vendor, PayPal, for accepting payments so that we no longer are involved at all with collecting any credit or debit card information from anyone. It was a step we took specifically to reduce, can't eliminate, but to greatly reduce the risk that it would be my fault that you suffered a loss of your personal information because of something we had failed to do that by instead having it done third party with a company that everything about them has to be protecting information, it was a way to provide better protection for you and for me. What is your technique? What is your strategy? What are you doing at your business to lower the risk to the livelihood that you have, the reputation of your company, and protecting 
the personal information of your customers. All these are things you should be thinking about at your business. Uh, By the way, if you get a good cyber insurance policy, it will cover you for things like if uh, thieves make your database system, your computer system, inoperable permanently, or make it something that needs to be repaired, usually these policies will cover the cost of getting you up and running again digitally, and that's something you need to be protected against. You're not a Fortune 500 company. You need to make sure that you don't put your business and your livelihood at risk by being exposed and uninsured. Marie is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Marie. Hi, Clark. How are you doing? Well, um, I'm searching for a job, and um, I have come across a um, person, well, not a person, but a company that wants you to post or paste uh, links. And it's one of the best legitimate way to make some money. Post links. So you would go on, like, Facebook or something, and you'd post links to something that supposedly would generate revenue for them? Yes. And I would get paid for it, yes. And how? what do you have to do to get involved, and how do you get paid? I just have to, I just have, to have my own computer, and they send me a, a check based on the number of links that I... That I um, attach to the web. Okay, I've never heard of that being a business. That's why I was asking you, what do you have to do? So you don't have to pay anybody any money. Yes, that's that's correct. No money. And what kind of links are they having you post? I mean, what do they need you for? What is it that you're doing that they couldn't do for themselves? I guess just, you know, the manpower, maybe. You know, just my, my time and, and doing it because they uh, they can't get around to it. Huh. Okay, so there there is a website that I'm looking at right now that says that that is completely bogus. Okay. And, and it was a fairly popular uh, company, too, and I... I was, you know, because of that, that's why I called in. So, uh, it's funny, it says, the article says, they'll explain exactly why making money posting links is complete and utter nonsense, and why these websites only exist to rip people off. That's what I thought. So, if you want to read the full story and see what's behind it, we'll give you the link off the air if you'd like to read and see... How it plays out. So they don't have any information on you, like your checking account or anything like that? Oh, no. I won't give anybody that over the the phone or over the Internet, no. All right. So I'm going to put you on hold in just a second, and we'll give you the link to that. But I also wanted to say to you, the good news right now is there are millions of jobs begging for workers right now across the country. And even at my age, <laughs> it doesn't matter what age you are. There, there, well, uh, obviously, there are obviously issues, Marie, with um, with age discrimination and employment in the country. 
There's no doubt that's true. But at the same time, there's also millions of jobs that employers are just dying to find workers right now. And you're going to have people maybe that will discriminate and say they're not going to consider you. They won't say it to you, but you'll know likely yeah. or, or suspect i've already i've already experienced that right but don't go in defeated don't go in thinking that everybody's going to turn you away because of your age yes there are people that are going to play that dirty pool game but there are others yeah. that will be happy and will value the experience you bring to the job market we also if you need to do if you need to do work from home we have our work at home guide at clark.com with legit things you can do from your home or that are your own little business that are completely straight up legit. And I've never had a complaint from anybody about any of those that they were discriminated okay. against based on age when they wanted to pick up some extra cash. But hang on just a second. We're going to give you that link to that article. You can see. And it'll give you full detail about why the whole link thing on social media is bogus. Keith is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Keith. Hi, Clark. How are you? Great, thank you. You got a question for me about boosting your credit score. Correct. Uh, I'm looking to buy my first home this year. And basically through my credit union, my rates are determined by my credit score. So I have maybe about 10k saved up right now and you know growing it every paycheck and I have some things in collections that are negatively affecting my score and I'm just wondering you know is it is it will it help my score to pay them off and and take that out of my savings and pay the collections debt off or am I better keeping that cash on hand for my down payment on my house? I've read online that uh, even if you pay off things that are already in collections, it has a zero impact on your credit score. So if you have a collection on your report, that is the main factor in what happens with your credit. So if you pay off an old item it will raise your score potentially some, but it depends on the scoring model being used, how much effect it has. So the newest scoring models, like the newest FICO model, gives you um, a good bump in your credit score if you take an active collection and settle it, pay it, and it's now reported as a zero balance. But the lender has to be using the newest model of the FICO scoring, which just completely depends on the credit grantor. Got it. So it's not whether the one of the three credit bureaus are using the latest model. It's based on the credit union and what they're using? Exactly. So as an example, the one that takes into account how you handled past what excuse the term what they would call bad behavior and you've turned it you've turned it around and you've taken care of something the model known as fico 9 is the one that the credit union would have to be using as i understand it for there to be a meaningful impact on your score paying off an old item 
I mean, generally, yeah. once an old item hits seven years, it vanishes anyway. So uh, my follow-up on that is uh, one of the items I had in collections is from tw- uh, 2011, but it looks like when I, on my credit report it now shows 2015, like maybe there was some way that the date got refreshed, or is that possible? That is the term that I use for it, and that is an illegal activity on the part of whoever is reporting that debt unless you... Mm-hmm took some kind of action on it in 2015. So what you do is you challenge the date, what's known as the date of last activity for it. Got it. And generally, they don't want to fight with somebody who knows that's how the rules work, that's how the law works. So Mm -hmm. you would challenge that item not being on your report, but the date that that item is on your report, because the aging of it is so important. And you contact both whoever the collection agency is reporting it as 2015 instead of 2011. You challenge with them and the credit bureau. Got it. Okay, so a couple... How many items are there that are these old items in collection? It, it, uh, it depends on which bureau. I have as little as two on one bureau and as many as four in another one. And are they generally in the age back like early this decade or some of them more recent no it's all uh the most recent one i would say is maybe uh four to five years ago okay so that one's got a little clock time to run but the thing is is that the whole idea of credit scoring is that you're not in uh, credit purgatory forever that mm-hmm. once that period of time passes even if you don't pay on the debts they disappear and you have a fresh start. So you're getting closer to that, but settling the ones in particular that are more recent would be to your advantage if you're trying to get credit right now. Exactly. So uh, the first thing for me is just to talk to the credit union and just ask them if they're using the FICO FICO 9. And the person you talk to, if it's a loan officer, they'll know. If it's just somebody at the credit union, they're not going to know. And you ask them, how do they make a determination on making a loan in the event that you have zero balances on these old items? Will that change the loan approval process for them? There is a great explanation about what happens with older items on credit reports at a website you may have heard me mention from time to time, creditsesame.com. Go read their briefing on what happens with collection items and the different scenarios that apply. It's time for Ask Clark. That's where you post a question for me at clark.com. Producer Joel asks your question for you. Who do you have one from, Joel? Clark, got a question from Andrew. He says, what do you think about the auto insurance provider MetroMile.com, who charges premiums based on the miles driven? So I love the concept. We have no experience how MetroMile actually does in the event you have an accident or a claim. But the idea of charging per mile is really smart and it's part of the future of how we'll insure automobiles now metro mile only has approval in a handful of states the biggest state population wise california also uh, washington state where else they have illinois new jersey oregon pennsylvania virginia and if they do well they'll obviously continue growing but as people drive a smaller number of miles, which is where we're headed as a country, 
paying only for insurance for the miles you drive is definitely part of the future equation. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans proudly supports this podcast. When it comes to the big decision of choosing a mortgage lender, it's important to work with someone you can trust, someone who's got your best interests in mind. And with Rocket Mortgage, you'll get a transparent online process that gives you the confidence to make an informed decision. Don't waste time searching through stacks of paperwork. With Rocket Mortgage, you can securely share your financial info to get a mortgage approval in just minutes. You can even adjust the rate and length of your loan in real time to make sure that you get the mortgage solution that's right for you. So whether you're looking to buy a home or refinance your existing mortgage, you can lift the burden of getting a home loan with Rocket Mortgage. Skip the bank. Skip the waiting. Go completely online at quickenloans.com slash save. That's quickenloans.com slash S-A-V-E. Let Rocket Mortgage help you get the exact mortgage solution that you need. Go to quickenloans.com slash save. Equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states. NMLSconsumeraccess.org number 3030. I'm so glad you're with us on the Clark Howard Show where it's about you learning ways to save more and spend less and avoid getting ripped off. On the web, Clark.com, when you have a question for me, Clark.com slash ask. When you want deals, ClarkDeals.com. Coming up in a half hour, underwear about to enter a price war? Who would think that you would get involved in an underwear price war? But it could benefit your wallet. I'm going to tell you what's about to go on that you may not be focused on but could save you money. That's coming up in just a half hour. What about making money? Well, over the weekend, there were reports that the financial house Vanguard, now the second largest financial house in the world, now has $4 trillion of people's dollars in their investments. $4 trillion. That's $4,000 billion. And that last year, Vanguard took in more money from investors than all other financial houses combined in the United States. And why is that? Well, because Vanguard is a co-op owned by its members, like a credit union for investing, and charges generally one-thirtieth of the cost for investments than if you have your money with an insurance company doing things like annuities. And about one-fifteenth to one-twentieth of the cost of being with a full commission stockbroker. And so over time, because of the effect of all the information available through the Internet, knowledge can be power, and people are far more aware that you want to be funding your own future instead of that of whoever the salesperson is who you've been dealing with. But in addition to Vanguard, there are many companies that do a very good job watching out for you. And I think this is something important to address because we are in a time that there's a lot of confusion about who you can trust with your money. I addressed last week about the fact that there was a rule that was supposed to go into effect this spring 
that would give you complete confidence that when you were putting money aside for retirement, that the individual who was advising you would be required by law to be your fiduciary, which simply means they would put your interests first. That is now on hold. And there are people in the insurance business and the brokerage business that are ecstatic that they are still going to be legally protected when they put you in junk that pays them huge commissions or gets them free trips or whatever, and that they're not going to have to do what's best for you. In addition, there are reports there are people now putting fake titles on their business cards claiming that they are fiduciaries since so much talk has been spewed out there about this whole idea of somebody having to put your interests first, that people are saying they're fiduciaries when they're not. So what I've done instead is I've gone high road here. At Clark.com, I have a basic explanation about what a fiduciary is supposed to do for you, and I have a list of companies that to my uh, knowledge, and I'm confident that these companies I've listed are companies that you know the advice you would get and the investments you would make through them, that the costs are going to be low, and that it's information and advice you can trust. And the list is very short at this point. I have only seven firms, Vanguard and six others, on the list as organizations you can trust. And I have a a note in particular I want to make to you, if you were a school teacher, work at a nonprofit, work for a hospital system, potentially it could be a police officer, firefighter as well, first responder, affected by this, you may be in a plan known as a 403B that is made available to you to save for retirement. Of all the providers of 403B plans, there is only one that offers ultra-low costs, and that is TIAA.org. TIAA.org. Very familiar to people who work at colleges as professors, instructors, administrators, and staff. Um, Some school systems also make available as a choice TIAA.org. For those of you who work for nonprofit organizations, school systems, anything like that, TIAA offers costs on the investments that are usually 115th to 120th what you will face with a typical insurance company on your retirement plan. Now, why do I keep talking about costs, costs, costs? Because ultimately, how much money you have in retirement is affected by what you choose to invest in, how those investments do. And we know those two things. But what most people aren't aware of is the expenses of the investments make a huge difference on what kind of financial security you're going to have. Someone who's in a moderately cost package of investments versus a low cost package of investments, 
will tend to have substantially less in retirement, and there are different mathematical formulas and studies that show that somebody in a low-cost series of funds can retire years ahead of somebody who's in moderate-cost funds and many, many, many years ahead of somebody who's in the ultra-high-cost funds. And if you're familiar with what I've said about this, it is a terrible thing in the United States that people that work for nonprofits, that work as teachers, work in hospitals, historically have vastly inferior retirement choices to people who work at places where they have traditional 401ks. And I don't know why the U.S. Congress sold you down the river, but the Congress did and left you at the mercy of a lot of people that would take advantage of you. And there will be additions to the list of companies I have because the marketplace is forcing it. Just like when I started off talking about how Vanguard has become the second largest financial house in the world. And it's because of an unrelenting focus on you and low costs for you. And as market share moves, people are going to have to reform and change. I saw an ad and I read, if you want to be as dull as I am, make sure that every week you read Barron's Magazine. That is the investment uh, Bible, if you will, for really dull people. and comes out each Saturday. And in Barron's, it was an ad for Fidelity Investments and low-cost funds that Fidelity is offering. And the chart showed that on each of these funds, they were cheaper than Vanguard. That's what the marketplace does when the information is available and people are aware Fidelity, having lost market share over the years to Vanguard, says, we're going to out-Vanguard Vanguard. And who wins? You do. OJ is with us on the Clark Howard Show. How are you doing today? How are you doing today, sir? Great, thank you. You are going to have your own web presence, is that right? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm currently a, a real estate agent. Actually, I'm, I'm active duty in the military, too, Navy, too. Well, thank you so much for your service to our country. How many years do you have in the Navy? 18 years. Okay, you got to make it two more. I got to make it two more, Clark. I got to make it two more. Yep, because uh, <laughs> 20 is such a key number. You know, Do you know that people going into the military, I think it's starting next year, will not be under the same system likely that you've been under and will not have yep. that great pension to look forward to? Yes, Clark. It's a blessing that uh, I join when I join, you know. Well, and thank you for what you've done for this great land. Yes, sir. So I, I listen to you all the time, Clark. I, I really appreciate it. You know, I send out some of your stuff to you know, other guys in, in the Navy, and they really appreciate it, too. And uh, what, what the question I got for you today is um, I'm trying to build my real estate thing, and uh I know there's some websites out there. I wonder if you knew any website I can build mine from for free. Oh yeah, oh yeah. There's, uh, gosh, there's probably ten big players now that will help you build a website for free. And the yeah. reason they all will do that is they want to make money hosting that website. 
you know, uh, okay. with the okay. monthly hosting fees, although none of them have um, really high hosting fees. Okay, okay. And so the one that's best known is Wix, W-I-X. W-I-X. And Wix, the techies usually give Wix the highest rating as far as uh, free tools to build your website. And But there's a a bunch of them. In fact, our producer, Joel, while we're talking right now, found a chart for me. It's a matrix of all the advantages and disadvantages of all the big players in building websites, and it's a review in PC Magazine, and Mm -hmm. it's a new one. There's a new article. So if you go to PCMag.com. PCMag.com, I got you. And search box, I'd do um, uh, website building or something like that, build a website and you should find yeah. this chart that shows you the, the goods and the bads of each of the sites you can use to build your site. Sounds good, Clark, man. Hey, you don't want that. I, I love your show, man. I, I listen to the podcast. Actually, I was down in New Jersey, and I listened to like 15 podcasts. <laughs> so is that a statement about what it's like on the New Jersey Turnpike? You could never get off of it because of traffic. <laughs> Yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's, you, you're definitely right. That's it. Hey, but I got on each one of them, I got some out of them. So, hey, I really appreciate you, man. Well, thank you very much. And I appreciate you and everyone else who puts on the uniform of the U.S. military. You're so important to keeping us free and safe in these great United States. And Susie is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Susie. How are you? Hello. Susie, how can I be of service to you? Um, it's tax season, Clark, and so every year, for the last few years, I've brought my taxes. I've done all the legwork, put everything together in a nice binder, and hand-delivered it to my accountant, who then has everything they need and just does it and then charges me this fee, which I think is probably a little high. Um, so... I'm trying to find out, since I do all the legwork and I put everything together, is there a best way to do your taxes? Is it going, is, is it worth paying somebody to do it, or is there a more economical way to do it? What's the best, the most effective way to do it when you have... All right, I got the test for you. Okay. It's going to require you to do a little bit of double work for one tax season. But okay. if you want to see, are your taxes the kind that you could prepare yourself and be comfortable with the result and what it says your net tax is and and feel good about that is you do what you've done in the past you gather the information you provide it to the accountant and at the same time run your taxes through one of the free tax prep systems approximately what kind of annual income do you have general ballpark 70 Okay, so you were right at the cusp of being able to qualify at free file with the IRS where you could prepare your taxes and file them for free. Based on your adjusted gross income, you may qualify, you may, may not, depending on uh, where your AGI comes in. Also, Credit Karma Tax offers free preparation and free tax filing regardless of income. 
Okay. So, if, or you now, can even use a traditional software package that you pay for, and like TurboTax or something like that, and you could try it one year and see if it's worth the trouble to do your own, number one. And if it seems like you're not spending any real extra time letting the software do it from your inputs, then this would be the last year you use a professional tax preparer. On the other hand, if the result the preparer comes up with is seems to be more thorough and feels more accurate after you do it and you do the software, or you find this is more work than you want to get involved in doing your own, then you would keep using the professional preparer. There is no automatic answer here. That's why you need to do the extra work this one time, and then you'll know, Susie. It's time for Ask Clark. That's where you post a question for me at Clark.com. Joel, ask your question. Joel, what you got? We got a question from Margie. She says, Clark, I would love the information you had on one of your shows about speeding up my old computer. I have an old one, and I don't want to buy a new one. So you're probably referring to Neverware, which I talked about, I guess, a couple of years ago, and then... Uh, Neverware turns an old computer that's becoming like a doorstop into a Chromebook. Chromebooks are the sleek, fast, simple computers that are basically web surfing machines. They're very resistant to viruses, which makes them a great choice for a lot of cases. They're taking over the education market. And so if you go to Neverware, N-E-V-E-R, W-A-R-E dot com, neverware.com, you'll see how you can take that old PC or laptop and turn it into essentially a refreshed, brand new Chromebook. I love my Chromebook. Okay, you want to keep your favorite podcast like this one free to download, right? Well, then all you have to do is complete a short anonymous survey, which takes less than five minutes. Just go to podcastone.com slash my survey to answer the questions. You can also get there by clicking the banner at podcastone.com. If you've done this in the past, we'd like to thank you, but we do need you to do it again because we want to make sure we're giving you what you want. That's podcastone.com slash my survey or click the banner at podcastone.com. Stay tuned for 60 seconds of AP News headlines right after this podcast. Glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our web address. You're looking for deals? Clarkdeals.com is the place for your wallet. And speaking of deals, what do women's underwear and car parts have to do with each other? Riddle me this, riddle me that. They're both markets where Amazon has decided there's a lot of money for them to make. I told you last month that Amazon is doing a huge push into car parts. And their goal is it's an industry that has a number of players, but Amazon believes that they can come in at lower price points and take a lot of market share. Well, now they've decided that women's underwear is an area where Amazon can make a huge inroad. And Amazon already, by some measurements, is the biggest seller of clothing in the United States. And now they've decided to up the ante 
and they are going right after the mall sellers of women's underwear and bras like Victoria's Secret, and they're coming in with, as Amazon does, extremely low pricing. I saw an item on Market Watch that people in the business believe that Amazon's cost for garments is higher than their actual selling price, that Amazon is selling their imitation of a Victoria's Secret bra for $8.75 that's $40 at Victoria's Secret. And there's a lot of people wondering, you know, does Victoria's Secret have anything actually to do with the cost of the goods, or is it more about the whole image they've created and um, the look and all that? You know, they do the the Victoria's Secret models and all that, and that how's Amazon with the click of the mouse going to compete with that? Well, the marketplace will decide. Target already, in a move that I mentioned, I guess two years ago, has been offering a line of uh, women's underwear and bras that were specifically designed to compete against the mall sellers at generally half of what you'd pay for the equivalent in the mall. And now here comes Amazon at a much lower price point. And with Amazon, what they do is they see a marketplace where they have very low market share. They believe there's room for them. They develop their own product. And then they sell the daylights out of it. At least that's their intention. Even if they lose money on it to gain market share. And then once they gain their market share, they raise prices, which is Amazon's business model. But in the meantime, when they are in the market share acquiring phase, there are deals to be had. And if you're looking for one of the names they're using for the women's undergarments, Iris and Lily is a name that Amazon's using. And maybe you'll find that, you know, at $8.75, maybe it's worth giving it a try. If you like it, you keep buying them. If you don't, you've lost $8.75. So it's your money. And I wouldn't want to be in any business that Amazon decides they're coming after you for market share. Diana's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Diana. Hello. How are you doing? I'm well. Thank you for taking my call. Certainly. You have a question for me about getting to theater and not having your wallet emptied as a result. Is that right? Uh, yes, my husband and I just moved to Connecticut, and we're really close to New York City, and I'm really looking forward to going to some Broadway shows, and I wondered if you can help me out with um, getting cheap tickets. First of all, if you're in Connecticut now, you have to refer to yourself as being in the tri-state area. You'll hear that yeah. term over and over again now that you're there. Okay. You haven't heard that yet? I have heard that, yes. Yeah, you'll see it in the TV ads and radio ads, you know, all across the tri-state area. So for you, if you want to uh, see a lot of shows, take in a lot of Broadway and off-Broadway, there's a great opportunity for you joining the um, 
the Theater Development Fund. I don't know if you've seen this. They're the people that run those ticket booths in Manhattan, and there may be one now in Brooklyn, that are for the tourists coming to New York and they want to go see a show and they stand in line to buy tickets. Well, when you're local, you can join the Theater Development Fund. And I think it's like $35 a year or something like that. $34 a year, actually. And then it gives you access to uh, ticket offers that are deals without you having to go stand in line with the tourists. Great. So that's one thing I would do. Also, because you're in the tri-state area, this would also work for somebody who's in New York and you know wants to buy a same-day ticket and hope for a good deal. There's a website called Today Ticks, T-I-X. Mm-hmm. It's not just for New York. I think it's a number of markets around the world where there's big theater scenes. Oh, yeah, yeah, all around the country and um, and also in London. And with them, uh, you each day see a list of shows available and what deals they have available for those shows. Okay. And I got one other one as well that is the one that I've talked about for a few years called Broadway Box. Uh-huh. Have you seen that one? I have not. So broadwaybox.com. And if there's a particular show you think, hey, I really want to go see this particular thing. If you're a member of the uh, Theater Development Fund and you have the deals available through them and you look at Today Ticks and all that, you can always compare those to Broadway Box wherever a particular show you want to see and a performance you want to go to is the cheapest. You just buy it there. Oh, great. And none of these are you going to find deals to Hamilton. Uh, That's one of the ones I wanted to go to see. Okay, so I did something so awful. In December, I was looking to buy my wife a gift. uh, She's an actress, and in addition to performing, she loves going to see performances. And I'm on the website for Hamilton and they had some tickets for the second week of January that were a hundred and I forget what, right from the box office. And I didn't mm-hmm. buy them. And then I realized later, I'm a complete idiot, aren't I? <laughs> yes. I'm not just dumb. I'm I'm all the way to the idiot side of the extreme that I missed realizing what an opportunity that was. Because see, for me. Seeing a play be a hundred and something dollars was like, that's incredible. That's so much money. <laughs> Having no idea that people were paying in the thousands to go see it. Yes, but you can be patient, and if you um, look around on the, you know, their ticket sales are controlled by Ticketmaster, and you look far off into the future and look at weekday matinees, you very well may find one that you can buy direct from the theater and avoid all the scalpers selling through Ticketmaster Exchange. Okay, great. Thank you very much. All right, and I hope you enjoy being able to take in all that theater. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, My daughter is going up. uh, She's in a theater program at her high school, and she's going to New York for 
second year in a row for five days of theater immersion. And she will see, I think it's eight plays in five days. And she's so excited. Hope she enjoys it. (laughs) Again, Mary's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Mary. Hi, Clark. How How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Good, thank you. You want to talk about Chili's, the hamburger place, or whatever we call Chili's. What do we call Chili's? The place well, for ribs, right? Or uh, something? A little bit of everything. Um, yes, we went to our local Chili's about a week or so ago, we being my husband and I, and they have on the tables, all the tables, a seven-inch uh, tablet on a stand. And our uh, server told us that we could look through it and uh, look through that or use our menus. We could order and pay and all that. So uh, we fiddled with it a little bit and uh, went ahead and used the menu to order. And uh, But my husband, being a tech geek, uh, played around with the tablet some more, and I decided, well, this is interesting. We've never seen these before, so I was going to go home and look them up. And I did, and I found a number of websites, including the manufacturer's website, telling all about the prices of this uh, restaurant-specific device. But I also found another article where uh, you're being warned about some of the apps. There are apps on this device. Some are free. Some you pay for, and they're available to you while you are at your table. Yeah, my son, there's some game on there that you have to pay for that my son wants to play that I won't pay for and won't let him play. Because I'm a terrible father? (laughs) No, I think you're a good father. But the problem is, uh, this device does not come up with a uh, screen that says, are you sure you want to pay $199 for this application? It just, if you tap it, uh, even if you tap it in error, you end up, if you're not paying attention to your uh, restaurant bill closely, you'll end up with a 199 fee. Huh, I had not I had not noticed that it, I hadn't had that sense when, and by the way, it's not just Chili's that's using these kiosks. I think there are a number of restaurant chains that now use them. You can reorder drinks from your table and you can pay, settle up your bill at the table and so it allows them to turn the tables quicker and you're not trying to wave down your server to say you want more uh you know diet coke or iced tea or whatever and so it it has potentially a profit benefit for the restaurants that have them and a customer service component for you that you're not having to try to get somebody's attention to get something um, but as far as the games not being clearly disco- disclosed that you are going to be charged for it, I'll tell you what I'll do. Next time we're there, Mary, 
and my son wants to play the game and I tell him no, I'll be looking closely to see, do they need to beef up the disclosure? Right. And I had not heard you talk about these things, and so I wanted to uh, be sure that someone brought it to your attention. Well, I appreciate you doing it. I've talked about the kiosks that are going to proliferate around the country in fast food restaurants, and they're completely the future of fast food, but I've never addressed the Ziosk. Jim joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Jim. How are you today? Oh, I'm doing well. How about yourself? Good, good. So how can I be of service to you today? I recently heard you speaking on the radio. Um, I normally tune in after work as I'm driving home. Um, And you had mentioned that people that are under the age of 21, so that 18 to 20, um, they wouldn't be allowed to get a credit card um, due to a federal law. And... I've worked at a credit union um, since graduating from college, so going on three years now, and I just knew that this wasn't right. And I knew that because I recently um, issued cards and helped college kids, or college students, I should say, uh, get their first credit card under the age of 21. So after doing some research um, to find exactly what I was talking about, I realized that it was the Credit Card Act of 2009 that you're referring to, but if people are able to pay down debt, then they could get a credit card younger than 21. So college students that have a part-time job, they're A-OK to submit an application. Um, They do have limits, though. You have to submit it via fax or email. or I'm sorry, fax or mail, um, which isn't hard to do for most financial institutions. And, I mean, this is only one way to start building credit. And I just submitted a question online or a blurb to, yeah, just kind of... Well, I appreciate that. You know, most of the time when I'm being asked the question, it's about uh, students who are not working. You know, they're just in college as full-time students. And the idea of the CARD Act was it was such a high delinquency rate on credit cards when college students were given them the first week of school at age 18 or 19, that that's why the CARD Act provisions are there. But especially if a kid is, I use the word kid even though you just corrected yourself, if somebody is working and they're going to school, they're considered to be someone who is some degree of financially independent and they are eligible to have a credit card if a financial institution will issue one to them. Mm-hmm. So you are completely correct. <laughs> well, the other thing is, I know plenty of high school students that graduate, maybe they don't go on to a technical school or a four-year degree program, but, you know, they go right into the workforce, and for them to have to wait until they're 21 is, could be quite a burden. But, but they don't have to. If they, if they show that they are um, under the CARD Act, as long as I understand the provisions right, as long as they are financially independent, they're eligible to apply for a credit card at 18. Yes. So it's okay. only 
college students that are completely dependent on their parents who are the ones that are supposed to wait till they're 21. And I appreciate you going in and digging in and reading the rules and regulations. Nobody ever does that, Jim. That's really neat. Thanks for listening to the Clark Howard Podcast. Download new episodes every Monday through Friday at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. Hey, it's Jordan Harbinger. For the last 10 years, I've successfully helped people build their self-confidence with my Art of Charm podcast. And now, along with Art of Charm, I'm hosting a new show. It's Podcast One's latest program, The Forbes List. On the show, we talk to the Forbes editors that curate their famous and respected lists, like self-made richest people, billionaires, and highest-paid athletes. We'll get behind-the-scenes insight and information that doesn't make the print cut. It launches this week, on February 16th. So please subscribe on iTunes to the Forbes list, and don't forget to rate us, review, and share. What we're learning about the Manchester bomber. I'm Rita Foley with an AP News Minute. The father of the alleged Manchester suicide bomber says his son didn't do it. We don't believe in killing innocents, he told the AP. But the father reportedly was a member of an al-Qaeda-backed group in Libya years ago. That, according to a former Libyan security official. Meanwhile, police have carried out raids on a block of apartments in Manchester. Witnesses say they heard explosions. Alan Kinsey was a neighbor of the alleged bomber. The actual family that had been there, I'd, I'd never really come across them yeah. in bad ways. It was always, even when I said hello, he never seemed to speak back to you. He was just like, kept themselves to themselves, and that was about it. The British putting more military troops on the streets now as police say it's clear this is a network they're investigating. President Trump has arrived in Brussels for NATO meetings after a visit this morning with the Pope at the Vatican. I'm Rita Foley.